Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodridge Tyres. And good morning to you, Patrick Dangerfield, my co-host of Real Adventures, who is taking the second microphone as of late. Well, the second phone, because he is in the Gold Coast. <laughs> We've got some exciting news, Patrick, today. I'll let you announce it. We do. We are very excited to announce that BF Goodrich Tyres have joined the Real Adventures team. So we're going to be looking forward to working with them, Redmond, not only on radio, but doing some uh, some content creation with them as well. So wonderful brand. Got BF Goodrich Tyres on my car. So exciting. Uh and exciting to welcome them to the Real Adventures family, Redmond. It would have been nice to uh, have been told that this was coming along because I just put some new tyres on the old Amrock, so it would have been nice to... Uh, I did get the BF, but I was hoping for a little discount, Patrick. Do you we could have got that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking uh, of... Uh, you go. I'm putting them, putting them straight on the uh, the Easy Tow Trailer 750, so it works well, Redmond. As long as I'm catered for, then I'm happy. <laughs> of course you are. While we are talking about the, uh, the Easy Tow Trailer... You have got an update where the North Bank is at the moment. We'll call it the weekly Real Adventures update on Patrick's boat. Where are we at? It is a bit like that at the moment, isn't it? Uh, Robbie sent through a photo today. That's, that's getting me through the uh, – a couple of days ago. Um, getting me through the hub at the moment. The top deck has gone on, so it hasn't been um, glued and fiberglass together as yet. But um, it's all sitting – it actually resembles a boat now, so – that part's getting exciting. Ordered some uh, a steering system for it last week, the Seastar Optimus 360, which we've reviewed on the show before. And you can access uh, previous Real Adventures episodes on our uh, Real Adventures app, One Redmond, but also wherever you download your podcast. So we've done a little bit with that with uh, Optimus 360 previously. Uh, while we are talking about the Real Adventures app, Patrick, uh, any recipes this week that you've tried? I actually, uh, during the week... I actually went to the recipe page and it was after speaking about the burgers, I went back and did the Nanagai burgers because I had to do it and I followed exactly what Sammy Goodwin's recipe was on there other than just changing the changing the fish from snapper to the Nanagai, which we spoke about last week. So uh, there's plenty of recipes on there and Sam Goodwin, who's a good friend of the show, and we probably do need to get Sammy back on again to do a little bit of it, change it up a little bit and get some uh, recipes going for people at home, especially with the calamari. So Sammy's written up plenty of recipes. They are also on the Real Adventures app, which you can access on any smartphone. So you've got obviously your Android, Google Play, and uh, your, what's the uh, Apple Store, isn't that, Patrick? The App Store on, 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 your, on your iPhone? Yeah, just the app store, just the same. I'm more of your sort of Apple operator. I know you've sort of been your uh, analog sort of operator. <laughs> Here we what? go. This will be good because you had an Android for a couple of years. Android, sorry. And Android, you know what? Analog, you know what the similar thing. You know what the dumbest 
the worst, the, the worst creation ever. And I am an owner and an operator of one, and it is a Mac computer. They are pathetic. They are shocking. I spent four and a half thousand dollars on this thing. This thing, it's in front of me now. I'm looking at you through it. It is crap. It's crap. They are, they are wonderful, and I will tell you why. And I remember you and I talking about this um, maybe two months ago. You know, I've gone in to get myself a computer. What do I need to spend? And I said, <laughs> I reckon I spent fifteen hundred dollars on mine, and it is sensational. Does everything I could possibly want it to do. And then next minute, a day later, yeah, it was four and a half grand. <laughs> everything the guy, everything the guy said in store, it just made sense to me. Well, there are sales in Aaron. Soul God, Soul God was do. going. Soul God was going good. Actually, Soul God was going at its worst because it was during the last COVID, so I had no money. <laughs> but no, nah, I am serious. Like they've got a delete button on this keyboard, and you can't even delete things with pressing that button. That's how pathetic it is. You actually have to grab something and move it to the trash. If I want to delete something, I should be able to hit that button that says delete. That's starting on how stupid they are. They aren't smart. They are. They. They're like a version of me, but in a computer. You know, this is you're talking about the the world's I think it's second most valuable company. You're a chance to be shot this week, so just be careful. <laughs> Take us to the recipe. What's your recipe of the week? We're carried away. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now this week's recipe in feature is the salt and pepper calamari with tomato um, and gin salad. So this is a combination of crispy salt and pepper calamari um, with a bit of a punchy sort of Thai style salad. Yep. Um, it's one of Sammy's favourites. Preparation time is 20 minutes. takes five minutes to cook. Now, as we've often talked about when it comes to cooking calamari uh, on our show, uh, more is not better. Uh, it's short and sharp, and Sam has, has gone through all the preparation needed into, into nailing your salt and pepper calamari. So that is on the Real Adventures app, and it's well worth a look. Now, Redmond, before we get into your week in fishing, I know you've been your bets that have gone um, gone awry last week. It's been a bit topical with people talking about punting in the AFL. We're going to save that for the gas. Mm-hmm. Interesting week in footy, though. It was a very interesting week in footy, but I'm just going to... Cats, Patrick, you're looking good. Straight off the top, I'm giving it to you. You're looking very, very good. In a good spot, players aren't playing full games like yourself, costing me, but you're looking good. And every team's going to go through their, their dips and troughs, and we're the same. But yeah, I think by and part, we're we're playing some good footy. Um, you know, there's plenty of other teams in that boat as well. It's a fascinating period. Obviously, we're into the it's the footy festival or whatever it's been called. There's still a few days to go. Um, that will that will lighten off in a few days' time, which would be good. But I've actually really enjoyed it. I don't know how you've seen it as a as an avid observer. It's been amazing to watch. Like, it's sort of like the Big Bash, Pat. You sort of get home, and I don't really watch any rubbish shows that a lot of people watch. I call them rubbish shows. Like, what are they? Bachelor in Paradise or whatever the hell they are. I can't deal with that stuff. It makes me angry at times. But I, it's been good to switch on. In saying that, I like my Law and Order SVU. But it's been good every night to switch on to the footy. I, I love watching footy, Pat. And and we've had, what was it? I can't remember exactly what it was, but 20-odd games in... Well, more than 30-odd games in 20 days, whatever it was. But you've also got another block of footy to come up. This is about to wrap up. What's going to happen in the next block of footy? Before we talk a little bit of fishing, are we going to see another uh, segment like we've just seen in the past couple of weeks? 
that's what I'd initially thought that it would be another block of, you know, 20 odd games in 20 days. That, you know, I think initially was if, if COVID was really starting to, to creep into Queensland, and that hasn't been the case. So given the fact that it hasn't, I think there's probably more of a potential that, you know, it might relax a little and you're sort of back to sort of six day breaks between games, perhaps some seven and, and, and probably some five in there but less of the four and five day turnarounds for absolutely everyone. So uh, I think if, if COVID had really started to smash into Queensland, then there would have been the real hurry to try and get it away. Otherwise you risk the season not getting finished. That being said, at the moment, things have, have tracked pretty well, apart from clearly Victoria, which is, which is continuing to be hammered. Everywhere else, it seems pretty good. So I think the status quo will be a little bit of a, a relaxation with the back end. So rather than, than that same sort of, um, frequency of games, it'll certainly relax and I think there'll be a bit more rest period, um, which either way as a player, to be honest, you don't really care. If it was the same thing, then we'd just adapt as players this way. We're going to we're going to get a bit more rest and you know, potentially there's, there's less chance of, of injuries because of that. You know what's been hard is knowing when the round finishes to put your tips in. I'm not sure if you actually have in a tipping compact, but it's actually hard because you've got no idea when the round starts and finishes. So, well, I, know, I don't even know when the round starts and finishes. <laughs> you just like, know when you've got to be I there. Know, I know when I'm playing, but that's it. Like, <laughs> that, that part has been extraordinary. Like You sort of look at your position on the ladder and go, okay, we're here. Is the round done? Is this, is this it? And then you realise there's other teams to play. Like, yeah, keeping keeping up with it is um is tough at times. You were asked during the week, just last last question from the footy side of it, Pat, because we'll get into the fishing, but you asked on radio during the week, are there going to be more AFL games in next year's season? Yeah, and my answer to that was, was pretty similar. I think we should, certainly should be open to it. I think what we do know is COVID will affect next season in some capacity. You know, it's not just, it's not just going to, to all of a sudden disappear. You know, we're obviously clearly waiting for... Pat, 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 um, I'm just going to pull you up there. I'm in Victoria, mate. We we ain't disappearing anytime soon by the looks of it. We, <laughs> I don't think you're coming back to this country, to this state. Sorry, keep going. Well, as a um, as a Queenslander, no, I'm, I'm disappointed how you guys are handling it. Um, no, we, we we know, you know, next year it's not going to be a normal year. So I dare say that length of games probably stays the same because it's going to be another season in some capacity impacted by. Um, you know, what, what COVID has been. So um, potentially, I reckon that you keep the game length, say, the same, but you might actually in, introduce more games of um, of footy. So currently it sits at 22, given that we've got a, um, you know, a less taxing game. I think you could play more games. And I actually have loved this festival of footy. I think there's something really special about it, having footy every night of the week. Now, you're not going to do it, you know, the whole time. It's not the NBA, but I reckon to have that, um, at some stage throughout the year, I think it sort of gives it something special. So, you know, I could I could see a 25, 27-8 game season um, and I think it's, it's you could probably do it. You know, you're probably going to have less, left players, less players um, playing every game. But, you know, I, I sort of, I've, I've liked what I've seen. I think teams are adjusting to how, um, quickly they can score and scoring is improving. So even a bloke um, with no enough. even a bloke with no ticker like myself has a chance of next year's games because you're going through players like <laughs> <laughs> the players are going. I got a chance of getting a call up. Anyway, where are we at? 
We need to get into the fishing, Redmond. Now, your week in fishing. Yeah, it was a bit of a hard week. We had some nice weather at the start, and I managed to get it uh, out chasing the whiting, and I'll be straight up with you. I struggled big time. I Good tides, a little bit of dirty water around, and oh, I just think it's this time of the year. And I said last week, things are getting tough. We, we managed to get some fish. Had a, when I say some fish, it was... Day one was we only a dozen, and then the next day we ended up getting our bag. But we worked hard to find them. They're not your. It wasn't enjoyable because it was so cold. Like we, it was nice to be out there. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather be out there than where stage uh, the guys in Melbourne stage four are. And I haven't been posting stuff on social media just purely for the fact that I don't want to rub it in anyone's faces. I'm going out there to clear my head. That's literally what I'm doing, and I'm going out and coming right. home. And at the end of the week, it was a bit nicer. We managed to get offshore, which was great. We managed to snag a couple of gummies and a couple of nanogai too. So the fishing has been not that great. So I'm tipping a lot of people at home, if you are in lockdown uh, in Victoria, you're probably happy to hear that. So some exciting things to come, though, as we start to warm up in, in temperature. Um, you spoke fishing being tough. You had a salt guide talk on Wednesday night, it was. What was the the main sort of talking points from people at home sort of, um, you know, in, in regards to what they want to chase, how they should chase it, especially with the restrictions the way it is and, you know, for those that can get out. Yeah, so we had a we, – what we're doing, a little bit of a different – like doing a bit of a program, I guess you could say, over the next – or what I'll say over the next six weeks. For these six weeks, as I put my hands up to say, who knows how long it's going to be. But the lockdown, we've decided to run Salt Guide Talks a couple of weeks. So – uh, during the week, it was on myself on the Wednesday night regarding uh, inside Port Phillip Bay gummy sharks. Now I could have done inside Port Phillip Bay and outside the bay, but to give someone to give people stuff to watch and stuff to do, we broke it up by concentrating and putting all of my effort into talking about Port Phillip Bay gummies in itself. Uh, Gwaine did one on Friday night, and then next week I'm not sure where I'm at, but I've got to. I think it might even be offshore next week, and then it's going to keep rotating over the next few weeks into white, and then we'll finish off with a bang, it's Snapper. And the review this week, if you do listen to Red's review, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Snapper because by the time this finishes, it's time to start looking for him, especially offshore. So our talks are going to be involving you guys with questions as much as you possibly can on the topic. And that there is going to be a weekly thing. Two a week, we're going to do a questionnaire night too to try and give you guys something to look forward to during the week. Some people aren't going to work, some people are, but... People pay, Pat, like what people we do a salt guide talk. People are quite often paying you $17 to come to a salt guide talk, but yet you remember you're not, you, it's coming like people go, Oh, let's cancel our membership. We're not fishing. No, we're doing these talks to put it in place, but also for you guys at home to change your mindset, have a beer with me. Well, it's like I said, crack open a beer, relax, sit by the, chuck it on the TV if you've got the kids there and talk some fishing and ask your questions. So we're, we're really enjoying it. It's good. It's a good thing to do for us and it's also great for the punters at home. But something else, Pat, that has come out during the week was the Rock Lobster Tagging Program for Victoria. Now, just, I'm going to add 10 tags a person. Yeah, so they're dropping it from 20 to 10. Now, it's no limit on how many craze you can take. Obviously, your bag limit, but no seasonal limit as such, no quota for a recreational angler. You had to apply for the tags, and everyone knows what they are by now. I think it's the fourth, this is going into the fourth season of running this program, and they say it's going fantastic. And I'm all, I love Vic, Vic Fish, you know, myself, Pat, I work with them, but. I don't know, it's a bit of a pain in the backside to order 10 tags as a, someone that dives quite regularly. If someone forgets theirs, on the day you're allowed to transfer tags over, so all of a sudden you've had a day diving with yourself, you forgot your tags in mulch, there's four tags gone in seconds. And I don't know, 20, surely 20 at the time was much easier for a convenience side of things. But my question to you, um, something that happens 
in uh, Victoria and not a lot of other states around the, our country is uh, rock lobster obviously live under rocks as such. And when you're getting crays, they're quite hard to get at times. So what I mean by that, as you're diving through the water, you find your cray, you're trying to grab it out of the ledge. If you can't reach it or you just reach it, you just grab its pincer or you just, you just grab its leg as such, and you can damage the cray if you don't get it. Now, you know, why, we're only allowed two per person in Victoria. Do you think it's a bit funny, Pat? I ask you this as someone that hasn't done a lot of diving. Do you think it should be allowed that we're allowed to use a snare or a spear gun to get a crayfish and then rather than attempting to get a crayfish, killing it, and then trying to find the next one and the next one and the next one and going through three before you get your, your bag limiter two? Does that make sense, what I'm yeah. trying to say? Yeah, it does. And, and I agree with you, actually. I was, I was shocked that you're not actually allowed to use some sort of implement in order to get them out. Mm, you're not. Hands. You know, as you said, you, 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 know, you potentially risk the, the damaging the actual lobster itself versus... You know, if you were allowed, you know, a hook to actually get them, you can go under. Yep, there might be a few there. That's the one that I like. You wrench it in and rip it out. You can be more selective in what you you actually fish for, rather than this is the easiest one to get. Yep. Don't actually know, you know, if this is the right size or whatever. Um, yeah, I think there should be some room to move there. Especially if you're just getting started. So, say, I don't, I would like to say now, I don't damage too much craze. Uh, but when I started, I certainly did because you learn your methods and your techniques. Like, Pat, you get trained for footy, you, you learn how to do this, you learn how to do that, fishing, you learn. And when you're diving for craze, it's another thing, you learn. It, it, the way they come, you wait at a period of time to get them, the way you can get your into reefs, there's right times to try and grab them. And for example, if I take you out, you're not going to, you probably will because you're a tin. But I won't say that. But you, you, you probably you grab you try and grab one. You're going to damage it. You're going to rip antennas off. You're not going to grab it in the right spot. You're not going to grab it on its hard parts. And I think that it need. I'd like to have a discussion and try and implement. I I love the chase of being able to grab them rather than using a tool. I'd probably. But like I said, I'm not damaging ten crays to get one though. Where I know a hell of a lot of people are, and I see them on YouTube clips every single week. So maybe that's up for discussion one time with Big Fish Patrick. Put it on the agenda, maybe. Are you happy with the the fact that you can't collect rock lobsters, uh, rock lobsters in waters less than two meters deep within the intertidal zone? Uh, yeah, there's a bit more technical into that with your regarding your intertidal zones and, and along the likes. Um, offshore, away from the tidal, you pretty where you do a lot of it, you're allowed to take him under that two meters. So I haven't had much dramas with that as such. Uh, I find them quite easy to catch, and this is coming back to what I'm saying: is in not easy to catch, as in grab. I'm saying it as in, I find it as someone who dives a lot to get my... I'm only allowed two crays a day. So I find it quite easy. If I do two or three dives and I can't get my two crays, like, let's be honest, it, you're not in the right... You're looking on sand. So basically what I'm trying to say is there's plenty... There are enough crays there. I think the fisheries are doing a great job with the sustainable part of it with the, with the pros as well. But I think that we need to... Uh, I think that we need to... Um, yeah, I don't know. Look, people are damaging craze. But anyway, up next, we have The Social Club. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tires. And don't forget to download the new Real Adventures app. It has all of our latest podcasts, fishing news, tips, and recipes. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood.
Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. It's now time for the Social Club, where we answer your questions from social media. And of course, the Real Adventures app, where it is an easy way to send in a question for us to answer. And you can also check out the other features, which include fishing hints, some amazing recipes, and there is plenty more. And Patrick, the first question far away is from Paul. First question is from Paul Redman. Is it true that if spiked by a flathead, you rub the belly of it on the affected area to ease the pain? <laughs> really, this sort of old man wives sort of tale. I, sort I, of think, stuff, isn't I it? think this is the dad one that works. Like, you know, when you go out with your dad and you're young and you're like, crack the shit, well, crack the sads, I shouldn't say that. But basically, you are, get spiked by a flathead and your dad's trying to get you to stay out there longer so he can catch his five kilo snapper. And he goes, you get spiked, yeah. and you've really cracked it. Like, you've really cracked it. You've got spiked. And he goes, oh, no, you rubbed the belly of the flathead. And I reckon that room has escalated over the last 30 years because it doesn't work. It does not work. It's like it's like when um, when you, you don't get seasick. Actually, no, you do. You do get seasick. Anyway, when I you don't do, get seasick. I, yes, you refuse to go in the cabin of a boat. You, oh, oh, as soon as I look in the cabin of yeah, a boat. Yeah, I'm no I'm good in the cabin sick. of a boat. Yeah, I'm no good in there. Sorry. So, don't don't lie to me. Don't lie to our listeners. Anyway, um, but being out on the boat, whenever you get seasick, and the you know the skipper or whoever it is is like, just throw up. Once you throw up, you'll feel fine. <laughs> well, note to self, chief. I've thrown up on a boat, and after it, I didn't feel fine. All I wanted to do was head back to shore. <laughs> um, it's the same as that. It's like when I got stung by a gurnard when I was a bit younger. I tell you what, if you think a flattered spike is bad. I've got another thing coming for you because that Gurnard spike, I was offshore. It was 7.30 in the morning. We just started a, a, a charter and I was at the back of the boat and I just said to these guys, don't bring, if you see one of these, we caught one. So if you see one of these guys, don't bring it in the boat. Sure enough, it's a Bucks party. Uh, don't know if these boys, don't, <laughs> don't know if these boys have slept yet. I don't know what's going on. I just remember being blind. This guy goes, this is one of those fish. Swings the rod up. I grabbed the line to say, no, wait, like, so he didn't hit anyone. And as I did that, he tried to swing it back into the water and the gurnard spike, because my hand was on the leader, slung up, it was slung up and in the knuckle on my, it was on my root finger, actually, on the right hand. And uh, I dropped. Actually, no, I didn't. 10 minutes went by. Then I dropped. Feel my boss goes, does it hurt yet? I said, no, nah, it's like a flatty. Like, no, no dramas. And then six minutes. Oh, yeah, sweats are coming. Eight minutes. Oh, here we go. Ten minutes. I'm literally, for four-hour charter, I was literally lying there, passed out on the deck. He's like, hot water works. Pat, hot water doesn't work. Nothing works. It hurt for that long. Surely, I reckon hot water would. At least you, if you go that hot, it'll actually feel worse than a gun spike. You're melting your... Melting your skin off. We, I'm not joking. I'm, I was lucky to have skin left because I was doing it that much off the boiling water of the kettle. Next question is for you, Dangerfield. It's from Darren. Danger, there has been loads of Taylor getting caught along the Gold Coast surf beaches with plenty of anglers chasing them, as we have seen on social media. But have you had a chance of getting one yet? I actually went for a, uh, a swim earlier in the wake of surf. And I had a random guy come up to me, Fredman, and ask this very same thing. He said, oh, I've listened to the show. Do you know there's plenty of Taylor being caught? And I actually didn't until he'd, um, he'd told me. So I've done a little bit of research. And, yeah, right up and down the coast at the moment. And you've obviously got to pick your spots because those, those deeper troughs of water of where um, and anglers have been getting the most success. But probably, I think it's roughly 20 minutes south of sort of the Gold Coast beaches so those broad beaches is where there's a greater chance and more fishermen fishing for them but i have seen some anglers there so um 
I haven't had time to fish yet, given the four-day turnarounds, but we've got a bit of a break now between now and Adelaide, so I might get up for an early one. Now the, the kids are now staying with us again and take Georgie Boy down for a uh, bit of a fish. Next one is from Mitch Red. This may sound dumb, but what does seem some days on the bay are calmer than others, even though it's windier than the previous experience? So I think what he's saying, you, you go out some days and it's quite calm, yet on other days you go out, it's beautiful on land, but you get in the middle of the bay and it's windy as buggery. Yeah, well, another point I'm looking at with him as well, he might be asking as well, regard, you are right, because wind throws, flows obviously on water quicker and there's nothing to break it up. So it hammers through the bay, for example, Port Phillip Bay in the ocean, it just carries. So another way I think he's asking also is some days he goes out and it's rougher on the water, but saying it's a 10-knot breeze, but then he goes out on another day and it might be 15, but it's calmer than what it is on a 10-knot day. And what I mean, what what's happening there is the fact that you, different elements are causing different things. So, Pat, if you and I say set up in the Simmons Channel on an incoming tide with a ten to fifteen knot southerly wind, it'll nearly be calm, like glass calm, like it'll be not glass, but it'll be quite calm because the wind and tide are flowing in the same direction. But you would not be able to sit there and fish on the outgoing tide coming down Simmons Channel with that southerly wind, and that's going to make it quite rough and turbulent, the water. So I reckon what's happening, Mitch, you're not getting your wind and your tide together in the same direction, which is making your day, like I always say, much more pleasant. So whiting fishing, on a, like you want to fish, whether, whether whatever species is in the bay as much as possible, wind and tide in the same direction, because at the prime time of those tides, when you're waiting for that gummy to come up, as you swing off your anchor because you've got wind and tide, which is the prime time that those gummies eat that last hour and a half, which I spoke about in my Salt Guide workshop during the week, is when you want to be there. So wind and tide together. And also, Pat, you could fish what out the front of Mogs on your snapper grounds there, your pinky grounds there, on a 20-knot northerly, quite calm. But if you do that on a 20-knot southerly, you wouldn't even be getting the boat in the water, would you? No, exactly right. So that wraps up the social club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, Make sure you head to our Real Adventures social pages and don't forget to download the new Real Adventures app. It is free in the App Store. It has all the latest podcasts, fishing news, tips and tricks, and you can send in your questions to that. It's now time for our dream boating destinations. And Redmond, today we are heading to... We are heading to Lake Windermere, which is a large water storage, which runs off the Coogigong River. It's roughly around... Uh, uh, sorry, roughly 30 kilometres south of the Mudgee in New South Wales. And Pat, you did get confused when I told you this because you said, I watched a Rex Hunt episode. He was in England targeting uh, fish at the same lake. So you had a bit of a go at me because you, you thought it was in England, but it was actually in New South Wales. Well, well, it is, there is it's, one in England. It's in both. <laughs> but no, it's I've, a, I've, never, I've never been here, Redman. And the reason that you brought this up is because of the size of the Murray Cod. You thought that was the relevance. Yeah, 100%. And look, it's an extremely good place to fish for uh, native species. So you can it's it's been stocked by the DPI. So basically, you can head there and be confident in yourself. You're going to catch uh, a good fish, especially in the warmer months. It's going to make fishing a lot easier through there. So you're going to catch Murray Cod, Golden Perch, Silver Perch. There's some trout in there. There's not a lot, but there are some trout. And of course, the unwanted species, uh, Pat, which is obviously your carp. Uh, place to stay, you've got the Kujiwang Waters Park, which is, from my research that I've been able to find, it's the best to stay. And the reason for that is the accommodation is 
on the water, basically. You've got your boat ramp, which is accesses the lake. You've got the toilet, showers, and you've got the barbecue area. And it's also got uh, a little shop there, which has your food supplies, and it's got some fishing tackle. But if you are heading there uh, in a boat, make sure you just be a bit careful because there it can drop right off massively. Like, uh, sorry, it can the, the water levels can drop right off. They can come up and down by the day, depending on what's going on with the river systems and when they let, when water comes in and out. And if you could be fishing one stump, well, say for example, this time last year, and then you go there now, and that stump's out of the water. So be really careful. You are in a boat. If you are heading down there to fish off land, which is also a productive way to fish down there, you can use yabbies, worms, and obviously your normal casting methods to catch the species we spoke to uh, above. So our destination for this week's dream boating destination is Lake Windermere, which is in New South Wales. You're listening to Real Adventures. We'll be back after the break. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Welcome back to the show. And now it is time for the Real Adventures Rewind All Aboard for Dometic. Spend more time enjoying your adventure and less time worried about your drinks with the Dometic CFX3. And today's Real Adventures Rewind is taking us back to last September when the GWS star Jeremy Cameron joined the show. Jezza actually doesn't <laughs> spend a huge amount of time playing footy. He spends more time on the boat than what you do. I actually I actually hit him up about that uh, a little while ago, didn't I, Jez? asked, how do you have actually as much time as you do to fish? So, how do you, Jez? Yeah, yeah well, um, I obviously tied in my footy schedule, but um, as soon as I'm out and club doors, I'm straight onto the boat, and normally there's um, five or six guys willing to come along as well. Um, and it's, and it's the line... The list um, is getting longer and longer, so I've even got coaches wanting to come out now. So, um, yeah, basically love getting out there, and it's so easy. The boat ramp's right next to my house, which makes it, um, you know, very, very easy. We uh, we caught up last week, Jezza, at uh, the All-Australian Function, Redmond, and there is a little bit of a bone of contention around your boat and where it's stored, Jezza. Yep. And the hugs and kisses, um, the fact that it is in the driveway and sort of... You chose the house because of the driveway and where you could store a boat, rather than. <laughs> rather yeah, than... she um, she definitely wanted to um move over east and closer to the beach. Um, but I had to, you know, I I knew the boat was coming well before she did, so um, <laughs> you know, I had to I had to pick a nice big wide driveway and um, you know, so I could store it there and not have to keep it on the water. So finally got a pass, which is good. That's a man with his priorities in the right order, Redmond. I, I like it. I don't think there's anything better. Now, let's talk the boat, Jezza. Um, the yellow fin, you've had it for a while now. Um, can you give us a bit of a review on it, what you've liked about it? Uh, it's obviously got the big yammy on the back um, and things that you'd change in it, or you're pretty content with what you've got? Yeah, I, um, I'm pretty, pretty happy with um, you know what I've got. Um, but, yeah, obviously the, the yammy 225 on the back and, I love that. I sort of my last boat had a yummy on it as well, and I, I wanted to stick with them. And um, the boat, you know, there's lots of storage on the boat. It's quite quite big. I wasn't my old man um, had a 6.5 meter, and um, I just went up to the seven and for a bit more space. And I, you know, like have it like taking the boys out and, and mucking around. So um, yeah, it fits you know three, four comfortably, um, and we sort of switch off buckets and stuff off it all the time. So plenty of casting room and um, storage, like I said. So very happy with it and um, haven't been offshore a lot in it, so can't really comment too much on that just yet. 
Um, you obviously, like you said, the plastics is a, a big part of your game with uh, with fishing. Um, Sydney Harbour, it's one of a kind, isn't it? I'm tipping you do most of your fishing through that area. You catch everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah if, I've, if I've only got a couple of hours, I always just stick to Sydney Harbour and, and um, inside the um, harbour and up the Parramatta River, which is uh, basically well, you know, where my house is, and it's very easy. And um, yeah, we just take out either soft plastics and um, soft fives and that sort of thing, and and catch a lot of bream right up to Mulloway, and um, even right through winter, we get a lot of kingfish way up the river, which is um, always exciting. Uh, Jez, now the Yamaha two two five on the two two five. You said was it the two two five Yamaha yeah, on the that's back? It, yep. um, you racking up a few hours on it now would you, <laughs> using your fuel consumption around the harbour you're obviously not going to sit at sitting at massive revs what's it like on on the fuel because it is a big engine for for an aluminium boat like that's a quite a big engine yeah yeah it's um it's the biggest twin tracks make um will we'll, um yeah put on the back of their boat so the seven meter um but yeah i um you know in the harbour it's, it's very uh, fuel efficient obviously i'm not flying around unless I say a few bust ups or something. <laughs> but um yeah, it's um it's quite good. I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully taking it up north and doing some trips around Fraser Island um in the up, upcoming off season so I'll I'll probably get a bit more of an idea then but almost up to three hours now on the motor. Uh, three hours, sorry. Three, three, I would say three hours that would have been done yesterday. <laughs> um trans, yeah, transducer um transducer wise uh or electronics I should say. Uh, what are you running in it? Yeah, I've got the sim lad. Um, so um, yeah, I, I sort of was umming and ahhing um, with what I was going to get there, and um, I ended up on the sim lad. And um, you know, I sort of at the start it was you know it was a bit a bit complicated, but with all these things, once you get to know your founder, um, it helps so much. And um, you know, having side scan and and stuff like that in the rivers, yeah, you you have your fishing spots. Um, but some days I'm in. You know, if it's, if it's not really working in your normal spots, you sort of go for a bit of a look and you find new fishing spots, which is always fun. But, yeah, I've um, run the thing right in my, um, in my boat. We're talking with Coleman Medal winner and GWS forward Jeremy Cameron. Jez, one of the unique uh, features of the Yellowfin is obviously its storage uh, for tackle at the, the, the stern of the boat. It's the biggest storage um, locker by a um, country mile compared to any other of competitors how have you found it does it get in the way of fishing because um for storage nothing beats it yeah yeah no nah, it's it's um you know i was to be honest when i was ordering the boat i, I wasn't sure if i was going to add it um but i ended up yeah, adding it in and i um yeah i'm glad i did because you know you can fit so much in this in the storage board um and it's and it's well out of the way um and and, and a lot of the stuff that you don't need to Sort of bring inside. I park my boat in the driveway, so I'm, I'm not worried about it. I can just lock it up, and, and it's all there, ready to go for tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I can. I'd, I'd never get another boat without it. Now you have started up a uh, an Instagram account, the Outdoor Athlete, and you went fishing with ET earlier in the year. It's something that you'd like to do post footy, getting into the the fishing media scene. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely something that you know I would, I would like to do. You know, I sort of sit down ever since I got to the joints with my manager and that sort of thing and just he always asked what I want to do after footy and I always had no idea. I just like being outdoors and it was only sort of six months ago where I decided that I was 
you know, make a separate account completely away from my footy one and personal life and sort of um, just have it as an outdoor life. Like, this is, this is what I do when I'm outdoors. And, um, yeah, it's sort of, it's good. I, I like um, that sort of thing and uh, really enjoyed when it's getting out with ED, ET on the on the Great Barrier Reef and chasing, you know, bigger GTs and, and Spanish mackerel and that sort of thing. So you never really know, but, um, yeah, I, I just thought I'd start it and see where it takes me. Righto, let's, I'm not going to talk footy, but I'm talking a couple of players. We, we took big Reese Stanley out a couple, well, probably a couple of years ago now, Pat. And you yeah, took, last year he snapped my rod. Well, that's where I'm he leaning towards. Well, Jez took uh, big Dawson Simpson out during the week. Well, One of the year. all-time great humans, big Dawson. He, uh, he is, uh, actually. Um, he, did he snap any rods or anything? Is it a Ruckman thing? Because you weren't too happy with Reese. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you've got to be careful with the Ruckman, that's for sure. Uh, you can't take too many on because obviously they um, all at once, that is, because uh, they weigh so much. But yeah, Dawson, he loves the outdoors as well. And uh, we always get away camping, go down to a farm an hour out of town on, on our day off and, and camp in the swags. I don't know if it's ideal two days out from the game, but, um, you know, Absolutely we, we it is. us country boys sort of, we, we do our thing and, um, yeah, it's obviously awesome taking um, your friends out and your mates that's what it's all about custom built sunroof in the boat to take the big boys out yeah I should add that <laughs> sure can't. I can just stand up under the hard top um, I've got about 5 mil clearance but sitting by a country mile so I might have to just cut his side out he's it's actually so- moved in with me for, for a couple of months so um, the big fella so he's going to be coming out quite a bit I think <laughs> you just get a charge him for fuel because he's 150 kegs. So he's he's going to be ballast in the thing. <laughs> I know. I, I need to um, put the trim tabs down when the big fella comes out. Also, you've got the pooch goes everywhere with you, literally everywhere with you. I'm pretty sure you set it on a, a lot of ducks if you follow the outdoor athlete on um, on social media, but. I've got a question. I've got a. Uh, I've got a little dog. Um, he's only six months old. He's already forty three kilo. Um, his paws now above my shoulders now, Patrick. And uh, is there any tips on me taking a dog on the boat? Because my dog's not. And my dog's not that good on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Billy's. Um, you know, he's he's not great either on the boat, especially if he gets up a bit choppy. He, uh, you know, he sort of puts his tail between his legs and hides up the front, but. Um, yeah, he's he's super. He's sort of I've taken him out ever since he was a puppy and um, started on my smaller boat. Um, but yeah, he loves it. He, he, he knows when we go fishing. As soon as I pick up the fishing rods and take him out at five o'clock in the morning, he's, he's charging around. He knows what he's in for. Well, it's not hard to um, train a dog when you're picking up rods every single day to go fishing. Is it <laughs> repetitive training? Jez, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we appreciate your time for joining us on Real Adventures this morning. Thanks, Jez. Thanks, Jez. No worries, guys. Thanks a lot for having me on. That was the Real Adventures Rewind for Dometic Mobile Living, made easy. And now it is time for Red's review. And today's review going to put everyone in a bit of a positive mindset for basically after when lockdown uh, finishes, which is hopefully when they are sort of announcing around that six-week period from a few weeks ago. And it's going to be nearly into that snapper season when you start to see your, your keen anglers that really enjoy chasing your snapper. They're going to be out there searching for them on the top end of Port Phillip Bay to Corio Bay. But more importantly, myself, I'll be heading offshore. When I say more importantly, myself, that means you guys will know exactly where they're going to be biting. So 
offshore bonehead's. It's a it's a very common area to fish. You're going to see some charters or a lot of the local charters fishing out there catching fish from a kilo right up to six kilo, even some bigger models. But it's about understanding and fishing the right areas. Now, when we chase our big gummy sharks outside of the Port Phillip Bay heads, our early season snapper aren't or don't tend to be where you get your big gumbos. So we're not fishing that heavy, heavy reef. We're going to be fishing more of that, I guess, flatter ground, your rubbly ground, which is quite a common uh, a place to fish out of Bowen Heads, is known as the foul ground. So it's an old dumping ground outside of Bowen Heads there. And that ranges from the, I think it's around the 30 metres right out to past 50, nearly 60 metres, which is a big arc, which you can see on your maps if you look outside Bowen Heads there, and it clearly states foul ground. So that there is an area where you want to start looking for those snapper that are making their way down the coast and heading towards Port Phillip Bay. And mid-September is going to be a prime time to start fishing for them. Then we're going to lead into October and obviously November, where snapper fishing gets easier as such. But if you are coming into the bay after lockdown chasing a snapper, you want to take pilchards, you want to take squid, and you want to take silver whiting. They're the three go-tos. But you can take anything you actually want to take out on the day. You might have a fresh garfish because it's been a fantastic garfish season. You might have, I don't know, a red a red rocket or a red bait. You might be able to take one of them out and be able to catch a nice fish. Cryo, cryo Key, Cryo Bay, right to Clifton Springs, will heat up uh, quicker than what it does at the top end of the bay. It just happens. It happens quite regularly. Every, every year, basically, it heats up quicker. But then, obviously, the water will then pan out of Cryo Bay into that Clifton Springs, Port Arlington, then up the top end to Altona and the likes. So that's basically how we're going to try and follow the snapper as much as we possibly can. And as we get closer to the release date for us, so we can get out there and fish for everyone at home that is in lockdown, I'm obviously going to have so much more information for you guys. And hopefully I'm still on the water and can point you in a bit of a good direction so you guys at home can head out and catch yourself some quality snapper coming into the snapper season as such. That was Red's Review. Don't go anywhere. Plenty more to come after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres, and we are into the last segment. And Patrick, you've got something you want to talk about, which you've seen during the week, and you, it's actually a bit of a surprise because you tagged me, and that doesn't happen too often on Facebook. What uh, what was it? Well, I was fascinated by this. Sharks have been found living inside an active volcano. And it's got to be one of the most extraordinary things I've just about um, ever read. Now, this was discovered five years ago, and I've, written, I've read an article on it and on the Channel 9 website. Um, but in 2015, at Tabachi Volcano in the Solomon Islands, um, National Geographic sent down a camera, and they found reef sharks, hammerhead sharks, and scalloped hammerhead sharks all swam up around the lens. Um, unbothered by the fact an eruption had actually occurred at this exact volcano a really short period of time before geographic uh, National Geographic went down there. And it just got me thinking, you know, um, Sharknado, Shark Volcano, Redmond. <laughs> that was a... Uh... That wasn't some of your best work, that little last bit there, Pat. But but it is pretty cool. And the reason they reckon it happens is to do with the uh, the nutrients that actually come out of the volcano. Hey, like the the, biodiver- the biodiversity that comes right around it when all this happens and the nutrient, it just creates a whole different life. So 
I was actually pretty impressed that you found that, and uh, the scientists were pretty happy too, weren't they? They were uh, they were pretty ecstatic with their with their with their find. Oh, it, it's just it's extraordinary to think um, that they would live in such a a volatile environment, but then they they got into and the, the study went on and it spoke about the world's reefs and how sharks were disappearing from the world's reefs, and it ties back to you know the human interference, the long lining netting. Um, shark finning, etc. Um, it just, I suppose, reminds us that we all need to appreciate what we've got. Otherwise, all our thin friends will just disappear to volcanoes, and we'll be left with nothing. Because I tell you one thing: we won't be fishing for them in volcanoes. Red. Anyway, I don't think it's time for Red's tip. And this week, it's going to come back to, we try and stop talking about COVID, but this is a positive thing about COVID. It has to finish at some point, Pat. It's going to happen. And getting fuel stabilizer while you're not fishing at the moment into your fuel tank, I think it's going to do you a massive favor. Uh, A lot of people will have fuel in their tanks. I'd be trying to either get it out or getting this fuel, fuel stabilizer in as quick as you possibly can. You can. There's so many different brands. One that I liked, I've actually used it uh, in numerous years before I got sent the product and I thought I'd try it out. And it was it was stable, which is around 20 to 30 bucks a bottle. Make sure you please contact your marine dealer or even follow the instructions that whatever brand you use that gives you to make sure you get it right because you don't want to stuff up your fuel because you don't want to be out there broken down. So contact a marine dealer and they'll give you any further advice for your specific engine that you need. Patrick, the flying gaff this week, I was going to take it, but uh, I'm going to let you take your gaff. Well, you are taking the flying gaff this week, Brendan. It's (laughs) on the back of uh, the abuse the AFL players have been getting uh, from punters who are unhappy that their multi didn't get up because they got 19 possessions to kick the goal and it's cost them, you know, five, six hundred dollars. Now, it's, it's, there's been a, a light shed on it this week with players talking about the abuse they copped. And I'm almost tempted to give the gaff to those players because I've been dealing with this crap from you <laughs> for about two and a half years, I reckon. Mm, you have. Is, you meant- it, is, it ta- is it time to get rid of the possessional... Um, linkage to gambling do you think you're you're listening to real adventures yeah that you're listening to (laughs) dangerfield don't ever say that again because that's what's getting us i've got my little punters club that's going on with my six mates or five mates including six including myself we haven't this is getting us through this is good fun so (laughs) you have cost me eight six eight hundred this week and six hundred the week before i needed 20 you got 19 pull your finger out mate and let me just let me just see if I can. No, I don't. Now, wrapping up, big <laughs> thanks to BF Goodrich Tyres who have joined us, Redmond. We're very happy to have them on board our Real Adventures show. Uh, exciting to be working with them. It is. It is extremely exciting, and you have been listening to Real Adventures. Like you said, Pat, for BF Goodrich Tyres, we'll see you next week. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91